everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast with Brad Sweet, who just became the 2018 Knoxville Nationals champion last weekend in Knoxville, Iowa. I happened to be there, as you probably know. And uh, man, it was one of the most uh, exciting races I've ever seen. Maybe the best overall race I've ever seen in my life. No kidding. And uh, just a great fun race weekend. I've been having withdrawals since I got back. I had such a blast. Thank you to all the dirt community who, again, welcomed me with uh, open arms. And you can just tell they're so excited for people to experience their sport and give it a chance. Uh, they know uh, what a great sport they have and how exciting it is. And when somebody new comes in, they're very uh, happy to share it with them. There's no sort of standoffishness about outsiders or something like that. They're like, hey, come take a look. And uh, they, they're sort of confident that, you know, they, they know that you're going to like it because uh, it's pretty entertaining and pretty good stuff. So the whole atmosphere was really fun. And uh, Brad Sweet, big part of that, honestly, because at the Chili Bowl this year, um, he really went out of his way to sort of explain things to me and sort of answer my dumb questions. And um, we had stayed in touch a little bit this year. And then um, when it was time for the, for the uh, Knoxville Nationals coming up, I reached out and asked him if he would do uh, 12 questions. And it's a little bit different than in the NASCAR world. So they don't have, you know, like PR people that you set stuff up with. You just kind of go through the, the driver. So uh, we set up an interview at the Knoxville Nationals uh, the day before he raced and ended up winning. So because of that, I thought it would be good to move his 12 questions up to this week. Obviously, it was supposed to be William Byron if I'm going in order, which is what I usually do because I ask a question for the next interview, so I, I need to keep them in order. But um, I asked for feedback on Twitter, and people thought uh, it would be good to move Brad Sweets up to this week. Then we'll jump back to the regular order next week. But let's take a listen to how Brad Sweet answered the 12 questions in his team hauler, which was parked in a car dealership parking lot in Knoxville, Iowa. All right, everybody, I'm here with Brad Sweet. And Brad, the first question is, how often do you dream about racing? Uh, I probably dream about racing a few times a year, but uh, man, I live, eat, and breathe it when I'm awake. So uh, luckily, I don't have to dream about it too much when I'm sleeping. Yeah, you do what, 90 races a year? Uh, right? Yeah, we usually have about 95 races on our schedule. So, um, And we don't really get to go home all that often because there's a lot of midweek races and Tuesday, Wednesdays, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. So, um, yeah, we pretty much do live, eat, and breathe racing for from uh, basically February to November. Wow, that's crazy. Um, if you get into someone during a, a race, and this would be a lot uh, higher consequence, I imagine, than uh, at a NASCAR race, but if, if you do happen to get into them, whether it's intentional or not, does it matter if you apologize to them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like... You know, obviously, when we get into each other, a lot bigger crashes happen, um, you know, and our cars are open wheels. So we usually it's very unintentional because if you get into someone, it can hurt you just as bad as it can hurt them. Mm -hmm. um, there's, we don't really have, like, the bump and runs and, you know, because your front tires are exposed, your rear tires are exposed. And if they touch, if you touch tires, usually uh, you both go crashing. But um, there are times that you, you know, make a move and, and wipe someone's front end out or, or something. Um, and... 
you know, it just depends. Uh, if they race you like that, a lot of times, you know, you, you might get them back and it's just the way it is. And then there's other times when it's a complete accident and you really want them to know that it was an accident because, you know, we race against each other so much. You don't want, you know, any grudges happening uh, throughout the season. Is the Outlaws community tight-knit in the same way that, like, the NASCAR community is in their motorhome group since you guys all travel together and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Probably, I mean, just as tight or, you know, uh, maybe tighter. There's certain guys that are probably even tighter um, just because we do, you know, travel so much. Uh, the drivers, you know, literally are, are the motorhome drivers um, <laughs> and set up the T-shirt trailers and you know, so a lot of the drivers are, you know, we all help each other, you know, to get down the road and, and then all the truck, you know, all the teams, you know, kind of work together to get up and down the road. And I mean, it's just, it turns into a family. You really see these people out here, you know, just as much or more than sometimes you see your, you know, family members back at home. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's tight knit and there's, there's friendships that are closer obviously than others, but, uh, for the most part, everybody gets along pretty well and, and every, you can pretty much count on a lot of people to, to help you out you know throughout the season mm-hmm. what is the biggest compliment someone could give you um that's tough i would say biggest compliment right now in my life would just be that i'm a good dad and a, a good husband and a good person that's cool so uh world of outlaws comes to you and they're like brad uh guess what we have a celebrity coming to the track and we're wondering if you have time to say hi and walk them around a little bit um, who's a celebrity you'd be really excited to host at the track? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a big uh, The Rock fan. Oh uh, yeah, Dwayne Johnson. He's man. I got really into him after watching Ballers on HBO. That's and, a good uh, show. And I and I love. Uh, he's just a great like. I feel like he'd be super into it. You know, like he just he's that type of guy that's just kind of embraces everything. And plus, I'd love to ask him questions. He just seems like he really understands how this world works and uh, knows how to, you know, really. Uh, do do a great job and he works hard at what he does and you know i'm just a i admire him a lot that's cool um so in an effort to show that sprint car racing is health conscious sport um world of outlaws offers the pole position for an a main uh for one upcoming race to the first driver willing to go vegan for one month would you do it i i guess it would depend on the race a little bit i mean if it was the knoxville nationals probably um (laughs) Because I'd probably, you know, need to lose a little weight before we get there anyway, and <laughs> and be in, maybe getting some getting good shape. But yeah, I mean, there's certain races I would I would do it for the obviously our big three races, uh, Knoxville Nationals, Kings Royal, the National Open. I think I would do it if it was just one of our standard races. Probably not. Okay, <laughs> and so you got the pull for the Knoxville Nationals even without having to go vegan for a month anyway. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're in good shape. We'll, uh, <laughs> so I didn't have to go vegan. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so now it's time for the random race challenge. I've gone to racing reference and I've picked a random race from your career. You have to tell me where you finished in this race. Um, so unfortunately, well, I'm sure there's somewhere, but I don't really know how to look up um, sprint car racing results as easily as NASCAR results. So I went back to your NASCAR career that's, for this one. Cool. This is the 2013 Texas uh, Fall Xfinity race. Do you have any recollection of this race? I'm going to say 2013. I'm going to say I finished 10th. You finished 8th in this race. Oh, 8th. Oh. started 9th. You led 7 laps. Um, Matt Kenseth won. This was an era where there was tons of way more uh, cup drivers in the field. Um, it was uh, finishing ahead of you was Menard, Regan Smith, Kyle Busch, Al Geyer, Austin Dillon, uh, Parker Kligerman. 
and that was at Texas. Texas, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember getting a top 10. Um, I couldn't remember uh, exactly where I finished. But, yeah, I had a couple good runs, but not as many as I'd like to. <laughs> what what When you look back on your um, NASCAR career, like, would you have done anything differently? I just wish – I mean, I'm, I'm super happy with where I'm at. Um, but I do – you know, there was a couple years that I really beat myself up because I felt like, uh, you know, those opportunities just don't come – come around i had great opportunity to do good i wish i would have just got to learn a little bit more in a stock car before kind of just getting thrown into trucks Mm -hmm. and and xfinity i felt like by the end of you know xfinity which was i did two half seasons so like the second half of like basically what would have been like my first full season i started to kind of figure it out um you know i felt like if i could have just gone and done like one full season it would have been a completely different story but looking back on it um now I'm just actually really happy that where I'm at and mm-hmm. it, and I don't actually miss it um, at all. Hmm. So I'm in a really happy place with my life. And I think a lot of that would have been a lot different if, if I had, you know, been successful in NASCAR. So, um, you know, that's just how life works, I guess. And, um, you know, but I do, but I wish that I would have just got more training. Basically, I wish I could have, yeah. um, you know, just, I, I don't have that Kyle Larson, maybe Chris Bell, like, natural ability i've always had to work harder at you know doing it but i always feel like once i you know get something and and work at it i can run you know just as good as anybody Hmm. um who is the best rapper alive best rapper oh man i'm really not into rap music that much but uh i don't know me and kyle larson always listen to afro man and he seems pretty good okay (laughs) but i'm sure he's not the best rapper (laughs) (laughs) Well, you named one, so that's better than some people have done this year. Um, who has the most punchable face in the world of Outlaws? Oh, the most punchable face in the world of Outlaws. I mean, I like Donnie Shots, but damn, he makes me mad sometimes. So, <laughs> Donnie Shots. <laughs> okay. Seems like a lot of fans. And I, I guess it's because just he wins so much. It's not like his personality they don't like. They just don't like that he wins. That's why they boo him. Yeah, he doesn't have the, the Kyle Bush personality. He yeah. has uh you know a somewhat of a nice personality but he does he wins you know and everybody always cheers for an under you know the underdogs and yeah they get tired of, of seeing you know certain people win that's half of kyle why pe- half the people don't like kyle bush same half the people don't like donnie shots they just want someone else to win yeah and um you know that's in any sport i feel like i mean you just they always don't like the winning team so um we always cheer the underdog so luckily i'm considered kind of the underdog over here just because donnie shots is has won so much so i actually get a lot of people uh this please beat donnie please beat (laughs) donnie and i get that night in and night out anybody but donnie please so we're always trying um and it makes it makes it it gives the fans something you know just a little extra to to get excited about that's cool um so the world of outlaws list three famous americans to be involved with your team for one race as part of a publicity push they're doing they're going to bring Taylor Swift, LeBron James, and Tom Hanks to the track. One's going to be your crew chief. One is going to be your team owner. And the other is going to be your motorhome driver. Who do you assign to which role between Taylor Swift, LeBron, and Tom <laughs> Hanks? Man, that's tough. Um, I think LeBron James would probably be my crew chief. Um, he's He seems very, like, he's thinks about how things really work you know uh he might not be the most mechanically inclined guy but 
if we could explain it to him, I feel like he'd probably get it. Uh, <laughs> I'd say Taylor Swift will go ahead and make her the team owner. She seems like she'd be good at that. And I think Tom Hanks could be the uh, the bus driver because he'd be fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hang out with him and stuff. Yeah, he'd be a he'd be a good guy. Like make jokes and probably have a couple drinks with. So yeah, yeah. that would, that'd be good. I think LeBron would be the most, you know, uh, into the like figuring out how to make something you know because he's so competitive you know mm-hmm. like and and that's i think what would drive a good crew chief is competition okay what is the key to finding the best pre-race bathroom uh well luckily for us uh and we have our trucks and trailers a lot with us um and we basically pit out of our truck and trailer and we don't have to go out like nascar out onto the grid you know and do the whole deal so uh, we have a bathroom right here in our trailer that's oh. pretty much money in the bank. Uh, but actually, this week here at Knoxville, we don't have uh, a b- the bathroom. But I don't know. I mean, I I have a hard time with public restrooms. Um, but, you know, you got to go when you got to go. So there's kind of there's here you just got to go to the closest one because there's really no, no special one. But when I was in NASCAR, there was always some special hidden gyms uh, <laughs> along the way that, that I remember. So um, I know... Uh, you don't want to get any uh, bad ones. <laughs> so, um, the World of Outlaws noticed that people liked uh, Carl Edwards' backflips when he was around NASCAR, and they want the same highlight reel value, uh, and they want you to backflip off your car. Um, how much would they have to pay you to do that after your next win? <laughs> oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, if I could do a backflip, I would probably do it for free because if you're doing a backflip after you win, that's you know that's cool um but they'd just have to pay for all the training and it would be a lot of training because uh i don't think i'm anywhere close to being able to do a backflip <laughs> and your cars are not it would be not very easy to do it off the wing yeah i don't it know where like, i don't know where you'd do it off of but yeah. you'd almost have to do like a double backflip because you'd be so high in the air but, yeah really uh it'd be a lot more dangerous so maybe off the front tire um you could maybe stand up there and do a backflip that'd be about you know a little lower than where carl did it off the door but uh, not that much lower so yeah I, I bet you could do it even off the left rear tire but yeah i mean you'd have to pay me a lot because i feel <laughs> like i'd hurt myself in a hurry for sure <laughs> okay so each week on the 12 questions i ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview so um last week i did one with the uh, xfinity series driver garrett smithley and his question is what was the first time you ever got into a 410 sprint car and what was that feeling like and then how long did it take you to get up to speed that's a good question um first time i got in a 410 sprint car was in 2000 and i'm gonna say 2005 um and i had driven 360 sprint cars so that was like a good you know like transition from go-karts to 360s was a little easier but i remember the, f- the first time i got in a 410 it was just you know could not believe you know could not control it first of all you know the, the amount of power couldn't believe how much power it had and uh it's definitely taken years to still figure out how to control that type of power it's just a, it's an unbelievable uh, amount of horsepower for how light the race cars are um but yeah I, I remember just being blown away and still really to this day it's you know still blows me away how much how fast and how much power we really have wow um, and then I'm, I'm not sure exactly who the next interview is going to be with, but it'll be somebody back in the NASCAR garage. Uh, do you have a question I could ask a NASCAR driver? Yeah, I would say, uh, 
ask them something along the lines of, you know, if they could choose one dirt car uh, to try to drive. If they've never driven a dirt car, uh, what what dirt car would they like to drive and uh, at what racetrack? So like a sprint car versus like a dirt modified or something like yeah, that? Just, yeah, just see like what, uh, you know, like what their interest is. You know, if they've uh-huh. only grew up on pavement, you know, do they want to, do they have interest in driving on dirt and as sprint cars to some NASCAR guys, it seems like sprint cars are kind of voodoo. Like, you know, like, man, those are just dangerous. So yeah. like, you know, is it a dirt late model maybe, or do they want to try it or they might just not want to try it at all. But yeah, I just like to see what their interest in dirt racing is. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. thanks for doing this, Brad. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for coming to our side of the sport. We really appreciate uh, you covering it and, and uh, enjoying it with us. Cause we love it. Absolutely. It's awesome. Thank you. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Brad Sweet answers the 12 questions, goes on to win the Knoxville Nationals. And uh, I was glad I got to see that whole thing. As I mentioned, really cool race. If you haven't seen the highlights of it, definitely recommend you go to the World of Outlaws Twitter account and check out the little five-minute highlight package they put together. You'll sort of get a sense for why I think it was such an incredible race. And um, as you can tell, I'm still just really enthusiastic uh, about the whole experience think it was awesome i've actually been looking at the uh the world of outlaws schedule to see if i could squeeze in another race this year before the baby comes so it looks like uh, they might be in my area coming up soon so hopefully i can try to make that work and get back to another race because uh just really enjoy the experience before i go i want to again thank my patrons for allowing me to go to the knoxville nationals uh, instead of michigan I know that most of people who have signed up on Patreon.com to be supporters of this whole venture, whether it's the podcast or the website, are obviously NASCAR-focused, NASCAR-heavy, and so I get the sense you know, that people don't want me to stray too far from the NASCAR stuff as being the core of what I do, obviously, so um, definitely we'll keep doing that, but just wanted to thank everybody for allowing me to do some cool things this year. I sent a note to my patrons saying this this weekend, but in the last 10 months, I've gotten to cover Formula One in Austin, Daytona 500, Indy 500, Long Beach Grand Prix for the first time, Anaheim 1 and Supercross for the first time, the Chili Bowl for the first time, Formula E in Brooklyn for the first time, now the Knoxville Nationals. So I'm really getting to do some really cool stuff and some fun experiences that, uh, you know, frankly, wouldn't have just been allowed to do at USA Today or other publications because, um, you know, when sports editors around the country or or, uh, other media outlets, when they look at the numbers, they're trying to see where the biggest audience is. And so they're not really going to say, hey, you know, go to the Knoxville Nationals. It's not even on TV, but yeah, go ahead. They're they're just not going to go for that kind of stuff. So working for patrons in this way, my bosses, um, this allows me a lot more freedom to do that kind of stuff. So again, just really appreciate uh, having that freedom and flexibility. And it's just made for uh, just a tremendously fun year. Coming up on the next episode of the podcast, it's going to be how I got here. And it's another one that I recorded in Iowa this weekend. Uh, And also another one that I'm kind of moving out of order from at least the way I recorded them, because I thought this one was so good that I could not wait to get it in your hands. Um, I'm just really anxious for you to listen to this one. It's with McKenna Hassey, who is a sprint car driver and a team owner. And the way she got into it is just amazing. And her perseverance uh, is just really impressive. It's a half hour podcast. so It's a little bit longer than some of the other ones, but I truly think you will enjoy it. And, um, so I'm, I'm really going to try to get that one out on Thursday. So look for that one as well. And then, um, I will be at Bristol motor speedway 
on Saturday night. And I know it's going to be a very late night there. So don't expect people to wait up for it necessarily, but I will have a podcast posted after the Bristol race before I leave the track that night. So it may be, um, you know, around midnight, 1am, something like that, but, uh, there will be a podcast that evening from Bristol motor speedway, breaking down everything that happened in the race. So again, thank you so much for listening. I could not do this without your support and I will talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast.